What's up, everybody? We're back with another episode. We wanted to remind you we are currently on our holiday break. We hope you had a wonderful Christmas and New Year's. And uh, to get your, you know, school spirits back in uh, in stock, we wanted to redo a rerun of the Dead Poets Society. Such a wonderful movie. This movie truly is inspiring. Makes me want to be better. And we loved re-watching it and discussing it. So uh, we just wanted to highlight this again. We hope you, uh, if you didn't catch it the first time, we hope you enjoyed it as you listen to it this time. All right, now let's get to the episode. Welcome back to another episode of Real Chumps, where chatting about movies feels like hanging out with friends. I'm your host, Marcel, and with me as always is my co-host, Danny. This week we are discussing the 1989 film Dead Poets Society, directed by Peter Weir, screenplay by Tom Skolman, starring Robert, uh, Robin Williams, Robert Sean Leonard, Ethan Hawke, and many more. Shulman. Dang it. <laughs> Perfect. Dude, 1989. This is our third movie we talk about from 1989. What was it? Okay, we had... Batman. Batman. Uh, Dead and that, that we're gonna yeah we're doing Dead the today we're doing it Dead Poets Society and Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade what an eighty nine what an epic year nineteen eighty nine was what other movies came out in eighty nine now I gotta look it up I'm pretty sure I'm looking like, it up I'm this gonna... was like uh this was like in the top five box office performance okay along, along with these other two um, okay uh top movies from nineteen eighty nine because. Back to the Future 2? Back to the Future 2. License to Kill? Okay. I don't think we've had such an epic year in filmmaking as Dude, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? Yeah. Another Peter Weir, I think. I, wasn't he... Yes, 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 yes. You're I right. think so. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Uh, the, Wiz- the Wizard and The Little Mermaid. And The Little Mermaid, yeah. And All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah, epic year, 1989. Uh, Very. A field of Dreams. That's Isn't right. that one of, your, one of yours? That's one of my favorites of all time. That's one I wanted to do for uh, Father's Day. Oh, that's right. We'll, 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 we'll get to we'll it. Get, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll get, get to, to it. it. Good stuff. Um, Bill and Ted also came out in 89. Mm-hmm. You know, 1989 was epic. It was this... a great year. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, it was a great year. I'm excited to talk about this. I am. We 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 discussed that we want because you know back to school. Many of you who are listening, if you are going to school, whether whatever form you might be, whether you're a teacher or a student or whatever, we just felt like it was like a good time to like visit because there's there's something about the teaching, uh, the realm of school (laughs) that has played a role in many films. And many and and we we even pulled like a list of like seven movies and like which one should we tackle. And we're going to get to them eventually. But it just felt, you know, Dead Poet Society is just a classic. If you haven't seen this, if you're, you know, I'm curious to know, like, how Gen C oh, associates this movie. For if, real. If they're even aware of it, right? Yeah. Um, but if you haven't seen it, I hope you do. Uh, it's, it's a great one. I'm excited to talk about it. But um, question of the day for you. Okay. Give it to me. If you could have Keating as a teacher. Mm-hmm. Or Robin Williams' character from Goodwill Hunting, Sean, as a teacher, who would it be? As a mentor teacher, like a me- yeah. 
It's a really hard one because I also I didn't watch the film, but I I watched the, his monologue oh, uh-huh. from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, both very very prophetic, not prophetic, but like uh, inspiring. But yeah. both are like a you know, I mean to a degree about you know Carpe Diem. You know, yeah. Honestly, though, I think I I would. Oh man, it's so hard. I'd probably go with Keating. Okay. And I think the reason why is because I resonate with this idea of doing something, but doing it because like doing something that is, um, that you you do something even though it may not be the best place that you want to do it, but you do it because you have this love for the what it can do. What it can do for others. Yeah. There's something about that that like really like. Do I want to make a film one day? Absolutely. Do I? What I I love helping people learn how to make videos or how to help make videos for for companies or for individuals because they don't know how to, and and if it, or even like share knowledge when I'm working with a client because there's something about helping them understand and see something that they haven't seen before. Sure, sure. This idea of being on the table when you think you know everything, you get up and and you're like take a different perspective you know look at something a little bit differently Mm -hmm. okay i like that yeah i i I think i would also choose keating just because of his like passion right yes right whether whether it's a boring subject if if someone is passionate about it that passion like bleeds over right yeah whereas sean he's very i think he's very more uh direct and not as hand-holding with as a mentor he definitely lets you like yeah like hits it right um but he's definitely inspiring i just both are yeah i think i think what robin williams in goodwill hunting is he's a man who's lived an experience yeah and he wants someone else to understand that whereas in this in this robin williams plays this teacher who is in that but i think to a degree has maybe we we don't know like we we know this we get this little line at the beginning um i think maybe we should just start talking about it. okay let's let's hold on let's let, let's break the breakdown okay this movie is about um a, a male boarding school where, in 1959 in 1959 where i mean the i just i'm like one of those things that i was watching this movie is like anyways boarding school 1959 um a new professor comes in a thing they tout the fact that um in this boarding school that like not only do more and more people are graduating, but more and more people of this boarding school are going to Ivy League schools. 70% of their recent graduating class have right. accepted to Ivy League schools. This new professor comes in, he takes this English class and completely like does, he does, he teaches it the way he wants to teach it, not the way the administration wants him to teach. Yeah. And through this, a group of kids have come through, um, a new wave of thought, of of inspiration, and um, of growth, um, which ends results in a tragic um, uh, event in one of the the boys' lives that then goes on a witch hunt to get rid of this um, op- this professor. This professor, yeah, it's a good way. I don't know if that's yeah, that's perfect. perfect. So, if you haven't seen the movie, that's what this movie is about. Yeah. Um. Talk to me a little bit about you, like your relationship with this movie. When did you watch it first? What oh, was your impression then? Great. How about um, now? So I'd always, I'd, I mean, obviously, obviously, oh, Captain, my Captain, yeah. and like the standing on the desk, and like this idea of like that trope. 
um obviously people who who are who are poets who like poetry know what this is from but like i think that this movie really solidified it in like a in in that time and maybe like for a time that that when people say oh captain my captain this leading of a leader uh figure um i knew of it but i had not seen this movie until i think maybe about five years ago maybe four years ago first time first time oh, oh really Sadie. so i i mean i had i had heard it i knew it was on my yeah. list but i hadn't just hadn't made it and it's one of my sadie's favorite movies and so we had to we watched it and i mean i freaking cried i also was like shattered uh-huh uh the way that the turn of events and how some of these things play in the, the movie plays out. And I just remember being so grateful that I like, no, that I watched it with someone who also cherished it, mm. but also someone who agrees with some of the, the, the this, this idea that like, we should have thought Yeah, that we should be thinkers think for ourselves. Right. I think that's a line that he yeah. says at some point yeah, right? yeah. that he wants them to think for themselves. Yeah. Uh, I believe, let me see if I can pull my, I have it one, like the, the line that is from Walt Whitman's, the, the powerful play goes on. It's by, oh, oh, um, oh, I think, oh, life, oh, me, or, or something like that. I don't know. Uh, the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. What? And then he poses the question is what will your verse what be? What will your verse be? He's talking about, you know, the powerful play of, of life, right? Mm -hmm. And it just continues and we have the ability to contribute to this verse. And it's like something happens at the very beginning. And I don't know, rewatching it this time. I, I'm just reminded of some of those feelings and some of those thoughts. And so um, I remember, I mean, just completely loving it. I was like, this is an instant, instant top five. Yeah. Um, if someone's like, you know, is yeah, just I think that's some of the feelings that I was like, I'm so grateful. I like, nice. I'm, I'm, I'm mad <laughs> that I hadn't seen it sooner, uh -huh. but um, I'm happy that I can call it something I appreciate now. Yeah, yeah. I think I my first time exposed to this movie was in English class. And one of the professors, oh. one of the teachers in high school, this was in high school. Was uh, this a lit class or is this like an English class? English. Okay. Yeah. Um, and the teacher showed us the scene of when they're outside marching and they do the frost um, quote of, of, of two roads diverge in the woods. I took yeah. the less traveled one. That made all the difference, right? Um, and and the idea that the teacher was saying was like, like be be an individual, right? Like, don't follow trends, or not necessarily don't follow trends, but like, this is the goal of, of of my class was what the teacher she was saying, is for you to like, have thought and and individualize yourself through critical thinking. And that scene, like, I was like, oh, what is this movie? Robin Williams? What? And and I was just like impacted by it. And then I think eventually I saw it like my senior year in high school. I saw it again and I loved it. I was like, oh, especially in that last, I mean, the suicide scene, I, I was not expecting that, right? No, it's, it's, you don't expect it. No, you don't. You, you, yeah. And then I saw it again, probably like in my mid twenties with my wife, we watched it again, loved it. And then just watched it. So I think oh, I've only seen like three ish times and then yeah. just watched it again. And, and I think the first time I saw it, it was just like, I definitely saw it from like the perspective of the kids and because I was closer to their age, right? Yeah. I, I was in high school, getting ready to go to college. Um, I think this last time, I I feel so much for for Keating, yes. dude. Like maybe it's I don't know if it's because I'm an adult now and and I see things differently. But I think this time I was just like, man, they did him dirty. 
and that's not oh, cool. Like, yeah, like, oh, that sucks. And uh, anyway, just a lot to talk about. And and oh, I love this movie. It's a good yeah. one. All right, where where do we want to start? Because there's a lot that we can talk about here, and I think that there's so many wonderful little lessons and nuggets that we can we can we can find. Let's start with this uh, teacher-student relationship. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and talk about like his Keating's teaching methods. I love that the movie takes time to, in that first act, like those even first twenty minutes, to introduce the school, right? And 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 they start off with with the themes for this school: tradition, honor. Yeah. I don't remember the honesty. What I don't yeah. know, and they but they really focus on tradition. Yeah, right. And then we're introduced the characters, but also I know we're going to talk about like our favorite scenes. I have like seven different. I know. There's, I don't know. I'm going to pick one. I don't know. I don't know either. I don't. I think we're just going to have to. Yeah, I agree. I'm just going to have to uh, throw a dart. Um, <laughs> but uh, I love, and I think it stood out so much to me this last rewatch was they they go from. They, they start with the Latin class and they're showing how the teacher teaches Latin. Um, and then the students are just bored. And then they go to like the chemistry class and the teacher's talking about chemistry. Now yeah. they have this test. And then we immediately go into Keating's class. Yeah. Where the kids are showing up. He's not even present. Yeah. Right? And then like he comes in and he starts having them rip the pages. The introductory. the introductory to this character of Keating, right? It, we just saw how the other teachers, how the Latin teacher and how the chemistry teacher teach, very much so, literally holding the book and like pointing to the to the the whiteboard, and Keating comes here and says, "Let's read about Mister about PhD." I can't remember the yeah, yeah, yeah. the guy and his explanation of poetry. With the, gr- a with the freaking graph. graph. <laughs> that was that was the thing that I thought was so so interesting about this one is like literally there and when I was watching it, I remember I was watching it this time and I, I was thinking I'm like, this is interesting, like you know, like thinking about poetry on this like graph. And then I was reminded then because I, I kind of forgot about the rip, page ripping scene. And so then he like he's like, All right, now now rip it out. And yeah. I just thought, that is so poetic. So poetic. And and again, it, it and we'll talk about the, the critical thinking uh, of it all, but like just to introduce the character of Keating as well. Yeah. He's not an old, white, balding human being with glasses, right? Yeah. He's younger. Yes. He he brings his fresh air to the school, but not not just in his like in his appearance. But in his thinking and in his in his approach to education as well, right? right? And I think it is such a great way to introduce a character uh, of Keating within five minutes, right? Oh, of his of his of him being on on screen. I even say like I even think the first appearance we get of Robin Williams is like a wonderful like use of of focal length in the sense and 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 blocking. I mean, we have uh, we. I can't remember what the the specific terms that he uses, but he's like, he's kind of saying like this guy is, you know, he's done a really good job and he's now going to be here and he's mm-hmm. going to bless us with his presence. Former student. Yeah. Ha- has spent time in, in some prep academy in London. Now he's here. Right. And so we get the shot. It's, it's a, it's probably a 50 mil, maybe 85 mil, but we get 
a row of all the other professors yeah. and then Robin Williams at the very end and kind of like just poke his head, you know, head out. <laughs> there, there's something about that that just feels so like so non-traditional yeah i know i think i think now as i'm like thinking about this like it's just something that stood out to me just like so strongly that like and then we go into the scene where not only he's like he's like not present but he's like whistling (laughs) and he has set this unorthodox tone but the students understand like they're gonna they're gonna try to reap this benefit because they don't have this in other in other classes right so then he comes in and he's like he walks around like he walks this so this introductory into this not only does that but then he takes he takes him out right Mm -hmm. and he does the whole my captain my captain he's like you may call me mr keating or if you if you i can't say if she says or if you're bold enough Mm -hmm. you can call me Oh, captain, my captain. Yeah. And this like laying of like the foundation of like um, them coming into, I think ultimately like what this movie, not only about thought, but like this idea of carpe diem, because he has him look at the pictures and he's like, carpe diem. You know, and he's, <laughs> like letting them under, like soak in. I think, I just think like, no, I mean, to me, I mean, like, even if, if you took that scene, even today, mm-hmm. I, that scene would still hold. Oh yeah. Right. I, I think this is one of the central philosophies and themes of this movie, right? The, he's encouraging his students to one, embrace the present moment. What are you doing today? How are you ceasing the day? He invites them to take risks in 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 their education, in their interests, in their communication, right? And and for them to live their life to the fullest rather than than I don't know, conforming to societal expectations. Yeah. Which I think truly is so powerful. Even like watching this today, I'm like, freak. You know, like we're in a world where so much so much more availability and understanding of people's lives is available to us mm-hmm. via social media via content of all kinds how much i feel that there is so much conformity mm. in the world today yeah yeah right um there and and i think that this movie does such a powerful job at setting up and paying off um because i think that like you know you have you know let's talk about some of the ways that keaton challenges these traditional uh norms mm-hmm. right because i feel like the first act i think really what the first act is is keaton helping to instill through words through the use of poetry yeah and the youth use of unorthodox um, or untraditional teaching methods. Yeah. Right? We've got the ripping of the papers. We have the leaving outside, the standing on the desks. Uh, we have the, you know, the soccer or the, you know, quoting and then like kicking a soccer ball, right? All these little things. And then I think one of, like what you said earlier, the the conformity of like walking around um, in unison, which is just so strong. 
I, I, I love that scene. Okay. I, I think for years that, that that had been like my favorite scene. I think because it was also one, my first introduction to this movie. Yeah. But I love Dalton's response of it all, right? He eventually has them like, everyone start walking, find your own rhythm. And Dalton decides to not walk. I'm using my right to not walk as an expression, right? It's something yeah. along those lines he says. Yeah. And he's like, good for you, Dalton. <laughs> Way to go. Like, I love that. Like this idea of... And he points out they started walking and eventually they ended up in, in, in uniform, right? Following a rhythm, following a beat in their in their march. Why? And why do we do that as individuals, as society? What leads us to conform to others' expectations, ideas, behaviors? And how do we break that conformity? Yeah. And these are these are very important things. And and we see how Keating challenges them to do that. I love the scene of, of later in the movie when he's talking to to Perry, to Neil, and he and he's asking him, like, why have you told your dad what you just told me? Yeah. Right? And and Neil says, no, like, of course not. Yeah. And he keeps telling him, no, you need to tell him that. Like, express this to him. I, I love that scene as well, because, partly because, like, I think, Neil, like, Keaton came to the same school and he, maybe he had a teacher like Keaton, Keating. Um, maybe he didn't, maybe he needed that. But like yeah. to some degree, we know that they had this dead poet society, right? There was, they had this collection of free thinkers mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. something that was insightful or whatever. And that might've been like, that could have just been like 15 years ago for him. Mm. You know, it's something I like to think about in this. Is it like, because he isn't old, he's not He's not there for this, like, you know, this, he's this new generation. He He's coming from London and, and perhaps was around free, you know, like he had, he, he started in high school or in this boarding school and had these little bit of taste of free thinking and poetry and whatever. And then he goes over to London. Like there's, there's something about that little anecdote that I think is so that then because he then comments in that scene of the conformity of that, like, you guys all clapped for them. Yeah. You inadvertently conformed and encouraged the the conformity by clapping. By clapping. By finding that rhythm, right? And right. Clapping for them, yeah. And yet, uh, each, he, like, points out each of the distinct ways that each of them walked at the beginning, right? And I think, to, like, because, like, like I said, like, earlier, is that there's something to this idea of like what we have today. And I think that many people like individually people like collectively, there are individuals out there that are funding their unit, their, their own person. But at the same time, you know, like because of that, we also are being able to find our own tribes of like people that we resonate with. Right. Um, But even with that, like, I feel like there's, there's something to be said about, well, finding someone that words that you resonate with, but how do you, how are you the 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 um there's a great book called Still Like an Artist. Oh yeah. Uh by yeah. Austin Kleon. And his whole thing is like talking like that you you to learn and to get better at something, you must steal, but then you have to you give um respect to those, but then you begin to uh ideate and remix and to change and to grow into something more. Hmm. I think that this like 
we see that in like act in like a fictional world with the students in in this that they're he, okay they find the book that ha that was like the dead poet society book yeah. right um and i think that like not enough people get to the point where like they actually remix or try to do like take inspiration and turn it to themselves hmm. okay right yeah i think for me the scene that like impacts is when um dalton right the one who does who who is that the one who uh says i'm gonna stand i'm right i'm gonna choose the right to stand yeah he has the saxophone <laughs> in the cave yeah. in the cave and uh he kind of like you know <laughs> yeah but then he he like says some poetry and he riffs he like personally just like feels the music a little mm -hmm. bit and to me i'm like i fully believe that in that moment that was a moment in like life for those actors because mm. it is translated so strongly yeah in film like i felt it i don't know if you feel the same yeah yeah but that scene to me is such a strong scene of a shift of a shift in 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 their perspectives in in how they approach art in general right yeah did you know that they that Peter chose to film this chronologically? Really? Yeah. Interesting. So he he chose to film chrono chronologically. He was saying one to help like the young actors kind of understand the Gr premise of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, and to be in that tone and that and and have that tone of of how they approach their acting. Um, but but to help them essentially find the voice of their characters from. The beginning from the beginning to the end that is so amazing and it's one it's very hard to film chronologically period but he did it one for that effect and then later also when when perry um dies he just he got him off the off the set yeah he's no longer there but no like pete like peter didn't even tell them didn't even give the actor the opportunity to say goodbye to, to the rest of the cast he just kicked them out Oh, so that it would have also that impact on the actors of you. Yeah, just he filmed his scene and he's gone. Like you're not gonna even be able to talk to him. That's why it's so strong. The ending. Yeah. Look here. Here. Look. What you need to understand is most films are not filmed chronologically. No. Most films, like okay, like when you when I, every time I think about student films, everything's almost filmed chronologically. But when you get into the business, when you get to shooting wise, you often have to or you're dealing with other scheduling issues yeah. from other shoots or whatever so you have to like you essentially say okay well what are we going to shoot in or if you're doing like a huge piece you got to shoot something in one location you can't always lock it down when you need it so they set up a shooting schedule and they say okay this time we're going to shoot in this portion or we're going to go from there and sometimes they end up shooting whatever the most like what might be the the most crucial scenes that mm -hmm. need to be you know filmed uh, for that sequence they'll shoot those first because those are the ones they want to really have impactful and then they kind of like work around whatever they go going from there yeah and so it's really impactful to have a film shoot specifically chronologically but only to have it be um as a method yeah <laughs> as this but going back to your point right that scene in the cave when he's when when dalton's just riffing you see that shift in the in 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 the characters yes they i think it's the first time where they're actually seeing someone be an individual, right? I think pr prior to this, we had seen them quote some poems. Yeah, amateur poems. That's fine, but they were quote they were writing their own stuff. Yeah, 
but this is this is Dalton. Apparently, he's he plays a saxophone, and he's goofing off. That's him. He's setting up. He's setting himself apart from the rest of, of, of the uh, uh, of his classmates. But then he like brings it down with emotion, with passion. Something that I'm assuming he's passionate about, which is his saxophone. And he's saying, "This is me." Yeah. And this is how I express myself, and this is who I am. Yeah, right? I love that. I love that. I'm glad. I'm glad that you pointed that out. Um, going back to the cave scene, I the first time they're in the cave, <laughs> okay. And 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 I think this is going back to like conformity. Let's talk a little bit about conformity and, and versus individualism, okay. I forget that scene, and it's so good because they get there, and we see a a. a a tone change in them. We had seen them this whole time in the school, very, I don't know, very like I mean, formal well, in, they, in, they, in their behaviors, right? And this is the first time that we see them actually like goofing off, yeah, right? Where they're where they're away from the influence of of I don't want to say a totalitarian school, <laughs> but uh, of this very yeah. strict school yeah. environment. And and not they're only, just but not only school, their family. Their families, their parents, right? And and they can be themselves, they can express themselves very childlike and immature, but that's fine. That's who they are at this moment. Yeah. And I, I that scene just stood out so much more to me than than before because it's it's a very drastic tone change in in the characters themselves. It it is. And I think um it's it's I don't know. To me every scene every single time we go to the that initial scene, some of the things that happen is kind of like sets the interesting tone for the characters as they grow throughout this film. <laughs> right? Um let's let's talk through some of them. Okay, so we've got uh Neil Perry by Robert Sean uh Leonard. A we got Todd Anderson, Ethan Hawke, Todd, dude. Ethan, I forget this is Ethan Hawke just because he's so young. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Todd. I have lots of thoughts on Todd. Okay, Knox Overstreet, uh, Overstreet, mm -hmm. um, Charlie Dalton, Richard Cameron. Uh, where is freaking Cameron? <laughs> freaking Cameron. Uh, Pitts, good old Jared, uh, Gerard. Is that I don't know what I had to say that Stephen Meeks. Those are the, the boys. Yeah. That's the gang, mm -hmm. the dead poets. Okay, where do you want to start with these guys? Because I think that everyone, there's just, this cast is phenomenal for for, for them. Yeah. I just think they did a phenomenal job. Let, let's start with, with Perry. And and I, I kind of wrote in our notes, like, the tragic hero's journey. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is his movie, right? And, and we'll talk about Todd Anderson, but, like, uh, here's my question to you how do we how is it that yeah it's a tragic story it's a tragic journey but why do we see him as the hero of this movie oh yeah i don't you know uh, and maybe as a tragic hero yeah yeah I, I, well okay a shakespearean hero hero yeah right i think that there's some there's this is like a, this is a tragedy right it and is. i think that i i think if you were a first time man i could i wish we had talked to somebody who'd seen this in theaters for the first time 
Yeah. Imagine, imagine. I, I would have loved to know what their experience was watching it in theaters, like the theater experience. Yeah. How, how did how how did the audience react to this? Yeah, because of, I mean, that turn, the like. I don't like. I think sometimes when you get a film that talks about suicide, it is pretty um, apparent. Mm -hmm. It's pretty strong that someone may commit suicide. Yeah. No, maybe not necessarily apparent, but like the the lead up, the feeling of this. They're being bullied. The the the, the parents the, yes. are neglecting them. It's happening throughout the whole entire movie. They they have self esteem issues. That yeah. There's there's like a perspective. Like there's there's tons of you know. There's other films that I I can't think of at the top of my head. There's like there's one or two that I think of that have this, mm -hmm. but you know this this might happen. Yeah. Obviously, every single time a suicide ever happens in a film, I always f feel very... It hits. Like, it just hits. It's yeah. just very strong. Um, anyways, you would say you had something? I, you bring up... What you describe is how I see um, Todd Anderson, Ethan Hawke's character. Okay. Which I think stood out to me this time. I feel like it's, it's subverting expectations. If anyone traditionally like you just laid out were to commit suicide it should have been anderson's character yeah right his parents forget the fact that they give him they give him the same, same gift gift he has he, he he has this legacy that he has to live up to from his brother right the, the guy is is afraid he he's so quiet and and, and his self-esteem is so low of what he thinks of himself he he writes poetry but is it hidden from everyone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he lacks this confidence. If anyone traditionally in in a movie should have committed suicide, it should have been Anderson's character. And Perry would have been the one that like he's would have been impacted. He, he was he, he's engaging. He's he's so he's so outgoing. He's kind of like the 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 leader of this group of friends. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's the one that that says we should do. Yeah, he's the first one to come down to uh, Robin Williams's level when he shows in the book mm, of himself yeah. like he comes down this is the thing that i i just think is so interesting about blocking okay in this film robin williams gets this book and he kind of comes down he like he sits he like like perches himself right yeah, yeah and perry follows suit yet all the other young men stay standing yet there's this question of like well what do we got to do what, what can we do this thing you know perry and, you know, uh, Williams continues talking and sharing, like, look, you know, just, you know, it causes some ruffle. But, like, him reiterate, reiterating some of the teachings that he's, he's, he's shared with the boys. Yeah. And them coming down to his level to try to, like, come to him. Yeah. To the same situation. That, to me, was another impactful scene in the sense of, like, um, it's not conformity, but, like, of of seeking something that challenges an idea mm. right um in the sense that like why would he sit down why would why is he crouching down but having this idea to like lean into something to find out to discover mm -hmm. right and perry's because you're 100 that that scene of the the desk thing mm, yeah is also so strong yeah and, and you feel and again i love the dynamic between the two characters right you have perry who comes and says like 
oh, well, it's got this great aerodynamic feel to it. Like, maybe we should test it out, right? And and for Anderson, and he helps throughout the entire movie. He's helping Anderson find his voice and who he is and, 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 and come out of his shell. Yet he's the one that is trying to find his voice. Yeah. Against his father. Mm-hmm. Against his father, against his father's expectations, right? You're gonna grow up to be a doctor. What, it, man? I'm really glad you brought this up because I didn't think about this. But that's that's really what he like. He's because he's a hundred percent helping because he like says, "Don't just come. You can just take. You're gonna take minutes. Anderson's gonna take minutes yeah. since he's not gonna read. Yet then he, well, what are you gonna do? You gotta like you know teasing him by taking the paper of the poem, mm-hmm. right? But I think to a degree like. Keating also finds is trying to help Anderson because he's he knows he understands. I think he resonates with Anderson. Yeah, and and I love the scene where he's like, "You, you bring your own uh, poem by Monday, and you're gonna read it out loud." And Anderson, I know how <laughs> how scary this is for you. Yeah, right. I love that he just says that as he's walking out of the classroom. Uh, he's like, it, while people are still standing on the the table. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then and then that scene. Later, when he helps uh, Todd, you know, almost like freestyle a poem, right? Yeah. I want to talk about that scene, and I want your I want your thoughts on the camera work okay. in that scene, okay. right? He invites him to look at the at the picture of uh, of the of, what woman? Well, yes, that's who it was, right? And helps him. What What do you see? And don't think about it; just spit it out. Right? Yeah. At that point, the camera is standing, and we're seeing them side to side. Yeah. And then as he continues to 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 engage him, and what else? The blanket, right? And 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 you hear the 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 classroom laugh. Ignore them, okay? Focus on. Well, tell me more about this blanket. Yes. And then that's when the camera starts panning around them. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And not only is is the camera panning around them, but they themselves are also moving around in a circle and he's holding him and he's continuing to encourage him to talk more about this blanket, how it never covers your feet and it, you feel like cold and, and et cetera, et cetera. Beautiful writing, by the way. Oh, so f- and, and incredibly delivered. Yeah. It, well delivered and incredibly uh, filmed, captured as well. What, what stood out to you for you? What was the thing that you like? Like what, do you have a specific technical question or do you, or do you just like, what is, is it just that you want? I, I think what stood out to me is one why why this choice to do, to film it like that because the, for me every time it's it's a beautiful calm emotional poem that he's writing yeah. right and and again he's putting him on the spot I think for me I'm I'm not a filmmaker but I I think as an amateur filmmaker like myself or another filmmaker would have probably taken that scene and just kind of quietly let us sit in that, in those emotions. And maybe I probably would have just started with a low angle shot and maybe like slowly zoom into him and, and feel these two characters just interacting, right? Okay. I, I love think, it. I love that your perspective. I love. I think maybe that's how I would have done it. Mm-hmm. Whereas this feels almost um, not chaotic, but like there's this feeling of, of a rush, right? of going around in, in a circle and capturing them. And then he delivers that final line and he just says, right, like, remember this. Yeah. Right? And then 
and he and and, and I love the choreography of of uh, of Robin Williams stepping back, kneeling, holding his chest, and just kind of giving him like a thumbs up, right? And he says, "Remember this." Yeah. Why film it in such a untraditional? And I okay. think maybe that I just answered my question. Oh, my, my, why film it in such an untraditional way? See, I think, I mean, maybe the, I think, I mean, that could be it. It's like it, to be untraditional. But I think the also aspect of it is that this, much of this film is pretty locked off. Yeah. There's not a lot of moving shots. Mm-hmm. There's, they're either locked off. They're mm, like pannings and some wines and whatever. This is the only time in the film that there's like heavy movement and I don't know, I don't know Peter Weir or not Peter. Yeah. Peter Weir. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the whole breakdown, but I like he, he's intentionally providing motion, but the motion you said it perfectly is that this, if you had shot this, you'd want, you would have maybe low angle, which me, um, and zooming go m- moving up, uh, into this like speech, um, maybe a couple cutaways to like the people, like some of the people laughing, but then like a quick cut back to hmm. uh, a close up or something, right? I think what I love about this is that we are the feeling of a of a spiral of a um, uh, we now con- would consider this as like a Michael Bay feel, but like <laughs> the this spiraling around and following the thing is jarring it's a little it's, yeah. it causes it causes some feeling of tension in this action right and so i think that w- he's trying to deliver what n- what anderson is feeling for us but at the same time providing this you know the like in a sense he's subjectively helping us understand anderson but at the same time subverting our ex like making us feel that this is somebody that we need to be cautious of that we need to be paying attention to Mm -hmm. and see what his his like this arc is going to become because he's always the one that gets like is like you know is put off and and is kind of like going from you know like a little bit on the background in a lot of cases yet he's the one that we end up feeling we we see so much some of the most strong reactions after the death of uh, a Perry, right? But I think, again, I think part of it is this sleight of hand in film, in camera work for, but also us to understand the character better. I like that. I I, I like how you mentioned, like, we're feeling that, that jarring or, or that even, like, uncomfortableness within um, Anderson, right? Well, I mean, you have you have Robin Williams, like, literally right there, and he's like, I think what I love about it is that like we're feeling Anderson, but also Robin Williams trying to help him barbarian yelp. Yeah. Yeah. Reach to his, like reaching into himself that no one's ever asked him to. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that takes that like, I mean, there's snicker, you you know, like there was snickering and whatever. Mm -hmm. He's like, don't listen to them. Yeah. But that camera then locks in, and does this role. I really don't know. I'm like, I, I, I did think about like <clears throat> how that was shot. Yeah. Because it's a, there's not, I have to rewatch it, but I don't think there's a, a cut. Not, and if there is, it's not noticeable. And it's, it's just good editing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. But like there's movement and like closing in and whatever. I even would say like we get a little bit what you have said, right? Um, we begin with a wide, a less interesting. We, we come up close. We're intimate. We're like feeling these feelings. And then all of a sudden we have a switch as he, as he soars with this, with words, with expressing things that is just beautiful. Yeah. It's, it's understanding like it's him expressing things. And even again, the word, the poet, the poem that he uses, this idea of a blanket only covering your face mm -hmm. and not having, being able to like escape from that. Yeah. That it will never satisfy. Freaking like freaking note to yourself like suicide note if you want <laughs> i'm like is this guy like you know is he just is he feeling trapped right yeah. you know what is he feeling but also we have it's a high on him and a low on robin hmm. yeah 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 you're right okay the, so he, he rob williams is sick is like um what's the word uh become submissive to this youth who's trying to speak and he and again he's like protecting himself protecting but also himself. like showing acceptance to this sort of thing right and again i don't know it's just it's just a beautiful uh sometimes in a i think what what some we we talk often about in this is a we need to feel this movie's freaking a, a, like a freaking 2 hour long movie of feelings yeah. okay yeah but i think that in this end the camera work took us in to make us feel. Mm. I think the same thing happens with the suicide. Yeah. Right? Like, we're, you know, it's, you know, there's the darkness, there's the him getting into his puck outfit. Right? Mm -hmm. These little things that, like, less camera work, but more of a blocking and sense of direction for an actor to perform this feat. Right, um, that again just adds to making us feel. Yeah. But we're using the language of film to make help us do that. Where sometimes when we talk about it, it's like just like pause stuff. Don't like go crazy. Don't add like all the special effects and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, but sometimes like use the tools you have to be able to help make the point. Mm -hmm. I think this is a wonderful film to to do that. To do that with. Um, oh man, so many good stuff. So many good stuff. I, I know we, we could probably talk for hours. We should talk for a while for this. I before we we come to a close, I want to ask you for this. Okay, this is not in our show notes, so you have no idea. Do you have a teacher? Oh yes, a Keating type that that helped you find your individualism. That helped you kind of like gave gave you this influence, right? Um, to to, yeah. to be kind of a, no, to be who you are, right? Yeah. Since we're doing this episode, you know, with our teachers, with our teachers do you have one? I have two. Okay. Um, uh, there was a Mr. Jones in my junior high. He was a math professor. Um, and he was uh, a big dude. Uh, and I was also a fluffy kid. But also he cared for every single one of his students. Hmm. He would like, he knew if you were having a bad day. Yeah. Right. Um, and there was a class where like, I'm, I'm allowed and obnoxious. Sometimes <laughs> I was loud and obnoxious there. I'm probably still loud. Maybe still obnoxious. 
but uh but somehow we got in this thing where like i always loved cookie i love cookies i love oreo cookies yeah. but also like whatever we had this one class and we decided that may 14th was the day we'd have we celebrate like cookies and we oh, just okay. like we just always eat cookies and talk about stories and, and just talk about and he gave us some like you know whatever and i eventually went back because i just he was so influential on me that i want like i was finishing up my schooling i took a specialty course that was like we had we're divided into teams uh so most of them did short films. I was part of a documentary crew, but I fractured my ankle, so I couldn't go out and get other B-roll. Hmm. So we basically all we did was got interviews. <laughs> but I was becoming a father, and I was like, I initially wanted to do a little bit more of like a, like I share, me and a couple other people share thoughts of like becoming a father, but then have sound bites from uh, other people be, being fathers and some insights, whatever. But he gave, he gave advice. He said... Um, he was like uh he said to me he's like look you know some days you you drive home because he he drive like an hour to get to school to the work and you like you drive home and you walk in and the dishes aren't done and there's stuff on the floor and whatever um and you know you've had a long day or whatever and uh that's okay that's okay and uh, so that, like, to me, that was just, like, again, just another note of, like, not only, like, uh, of acceptance of what, oneself. The second person was, act and I don't know if you'll listen to this, but uh, was my professor in college was Drew Tyler. Um, and part of it was just that he believed in me as an individual. And when I applied to be the executive producer over the studio team, I didn't feel like I was, like, fully capable. But he, like, gave me that thing, and I was, I did stuff like i was like oh i'm like actually like helping the t you know putting stuff together and like being a leader in a sense yeah. that like not that i hadn't been before but like no one accepted not that i didn't feel accepted but like he gave me the opportunity to lead hmm. and that really made me feel confident in like what i was doing in like my career path because cool. like who goes in the filming <laughs> And actually makes it a living, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You? Um, I have, I have like four, like teachers that just like changed my life. Yeah. Um, Miss Clegg, she was like my second grade teacher. Um, she was like my first teacher when, when like we first moved to the states. Yeah. And she just like took me in and like helped you. Helped me. I, I don't know if I mean this is mid 90s like i don't know if like she hadn't had experience with like immigrant kids right and and so like but she like showed so much love and support and and, and like she like took me by the hand literally and metaphorically and just like helped me in school so much um but but in in junior high high school i remember my sophomore grade my sophomore sophomore yeah sophomore english teacher and this is a teacher that I, for the life of me, I can't remember her name, man. Oh, that's the worst. And, and, and like the last 10, like I'd say the last, like the last eight, 10 years, I've been trying to like remember, remember you have like, a yearbook going back to, uh, not conforming to societal <laughs> expectations. I was that kid who was like, why do I need a yearbook? I look at this thing for a week and then I just throw it away. <laughs> I did not get a yearbook. My, uh, oh, I got it. I got it my senior year. Um, I mean, I get that. 
And and so I was like, yeah, I'll get one my senior year. But like the rest of the other years, I'm like, I'm walking down the halls the last week of school and everyone's signing things. I'm like, I have the names and the phone numbers of the people I want to hang out with. I don't need to like you're, spend my time walking around the halls. This is why you're a classier <laughs> man than I am. I was 100% all for yearbooks. Okay. But part of it is because I think my mom was a, but now as an adult, this is, I, I'm like, it's funny that you said this because like my kid, my, we were like, should we get our girls yearbooks? And I'm like, <laughs> why <laughs> like yeah uh why <laughs> but randomly uh-huh. i got a i got a text message from one of my friends from college who said mm-hmm. that i was in his wife's second grade class oh, okay so there's that there's that <laughs> <laughs> um but she was she was awesome in the sense that like look we we live in a in a fairly conservative conservative uh area yeah. um and she, you know, she ta- she would, she talked about her time as as a hippie in like oh in the sixties. Uh, and and she, if you could imagine Miss Frizzle from Magic School Bus, yeah, 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 in like real life, okay, this is her. She oh. was older lady, brunette, just frizzly, frizzly hair, wore mismatched clothes on purpose, but like very hippieish, and like she was just the coolest teacher, and like. She was, I think, I think she was the one that actually showed us this first, that clip. Okay. Um, which I think this is why I have such a love for this movie and that scene. Uh, and for her. And, but, but she always was encouraging to like look at things in a different perspective. Everything. We would hold like debates in class. Yeah. Um, I, she, this was the era when everyone was reading Twilight. Oh, okay? yes. Okay. In, in high school. And I had lost the bed. And I ended up reading Love Story, which later was made into a movie, which won a couple Oscars. The zombie one? No, just Love The movie's called, Lo- the book's called Love Story. Oh, okay, okay, okay. It's a movie that came out, the book came out in the 60s. Oh, yeah, okay. And then like two years later, it was such a hit, they made a, a movie and it won several Oscars. Um, and I, I was reading this and she would saw me, I remember very vividly, like everyone reading Twilight, like all the girls. And then she was walking by and she's like, you're reading Love Story? I'm like, yeah. She's like, this is a great movie from the 60s. I was young. And she's like, she goes into the moot book and the movie. And like, she, she was like, I like that you're reading, that you're not reading Twilight. <laughs> and you're reading a real like romantic novel. I'm like, yeah, okay. I'm, yeah, I'm don't, like, don't come at us. Okay. If you don't know, I lost, I'm reading it because I lost the bet. But um, anyways, so she was just awesome in that, in that perspective. Yeah. And then my second teacher is Ms. Green, my junior English teacher um I think my love for like for like analyzing cinema comes from her okay this was the year where we read Great Gatsby we read uh The Crucible yep and every time we would read it did you read Dorian Gray at that time was that was that the class oh I I read Dorian Gray like in I couldn't get I couldn't get past Dorian Gray I love Dorian Gray um but uh but we read some of these great literature classics and we would watch the movie okay not with the intent of like killing time like a lot of teachers would but like it was always to encourage us to like why is this being depicted this way in the movie versus how it was depicted in the book okay uh even like the great gatsby we watched two versions of great gatsby oh And, and like she would always like ask us like the questions like why was it depicted in the book this way in the Robert Redford movie, this other way, and in this other movie, this way, yeah. right? And and I think, I don't know, she she definitely like instilled that like 
analyze things. Asking questions. Asking questions and look at things in a different perspective. Listeners, like, let us know. Like, yeah, tell us in the comments. Know, tell us in the comments. Tag them if you follow them. I think I follow, I think, well, look, I'm not very active on social media, but I'm pretty sure Miss Green and I are connected on, on Instagram. I'll tag her. Yeah. Uh, great lady. Great, great lady. She's like, I feel like we're, she's my, she's not my age, but. She's just an age. <laughs> she's, she was like, she was that cool teacher also, because I think she had just graduated. She oh, had just yeah, yeah, yeah. Graduated college and something like, about that fresh. You're not yeah, tainted. She has that fresh look and like she's not tainted. <laughs> Some teachers, man, they're just. I feel bad. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. You know, like. Yeah, we could. Look, hopefully you you thank you for like letting us rant on this, listeners. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just kind of wanted to ask that. Any any last thoughts on the enduring legacy of Dead Poet Society? I think that is uh, what will be your verse. I I think I'm gonna be thinking about that for the next little bit. And uh, like, yo, if you haven't carpe diem your life, it's it's so funny that this is the case. In high school, this is a little anecdote. Uh, <laughs> we had I had this group of friends. And they're like, Carpe Diem. And I think this is because they probably watched Dead Poet Society. Yeah. I know I know my buddies and I every now and then would throw that phrase around. Yeah, just this idea of like, you need to freaking seize the day. And it's funny that this is the case because I think that so many I this I don't think I realized how much of an impact this idea of Carpe Diem uh like just literally like i had this huge flashback just now of like yeah. these little moments in in high school that like we yelled this thing of like you know carpe diem and then thinking about my life and like how much of that has been impacted because i took one day and that one day i decided to carpe diem yeah yeah look me reaching out to you to do this that's what, uh, it, it, it took me talk, a while to seize the day, but can, like, can we talk about that for a second? Yeah. What was it like for you coming to me on that day and getting the response? Because do you want to talk about what happened? Sure. Yeah. Um, look, a little bit of background. Is this I, the 25th episode? This is 26th episode. This will be 27th, maybe. Oh, sorry. I'll cut 26, 26. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, we could release it as a 25th, though. Right, well, um, I had asked, I had had this thought of like doing the, the podcast for the last decade. Um, and I think in the last decade, I had asked like three, maybe four people like, hey, I have this idea of a podcast. I have like this format. Do you want to do it? And and I, one, I, I had asked individuals who like, I feel like we had good chemistry, chemistry, right? Um, and, and so they all said, oh, sounds cool. But like, no. <laughs> I'm pretty sure two were like, oh, yeah, let me think about it. Uh, I'll get back to you. And then, like, a month goes by. You like, never oh. saw them again? It's Yeah. And, and I'm still friends with all of them. Um, but, like, I just never, like, I don't know. It, it just wasn't working out. And then you and I, before COVID, we, we had done dinner together. Yeah. And you talked about, like, what you do for a living and, like, your passion for films. COVID hit, and then, like, we just... Didn't talk to each other. We didn't talk to each other. We tried. We tried. I remember I saw Marco Polo once. I was like, oh, I did try to talk to Marco. Like, <laughs> oh, it's probably still. It's still there. It's still there. Oh, whoops. No, it's okay. And we played Halo a couple handful of times. Yeah, yeah we did. During COVID. When, when, when they were trying to make a comeback. Yeah. Um, but then, 
and then so I think I think I started the year by like what what do I want to do this year differently like I'm in my 30s okay like I feel like I should be like I've developed like the hobbies that I like I love cycling I do that often um but I just wanted to see like what where are my like hobbies and then the the, the podcast has been sitting there this format has been sitting in my desktop for like a decade I'm like Danny and so then I approached you that Sunday. Okay, okay, okay. I want okay. in church. Can you please talk about you approached me? He enter day <laughs> interior interior Sunday school or church gym church building. Marcel walks up to Daniel. He says he sits down and says, "Hey man, I have this idea. Whatever it is, yes, for a says, podcast." Would you, whatever it is, I didn't even finish you the didn't sentence. Finish that sentence. Would I said, you, and you're just like, yeah, whatever it is, let's do it. And I'm like, okay, I've had this idea, and like, I tried to explain. You're like, no, yeah, hundred percent, let's do it. And then I was like, okay, he's obviously interested. I, I have not had this reaction or response in the last decade. I'm gonna, I'm gonna continue to follow this thread, Marcel. You literally, I don't like you. It was so. I think about that moment so much because, like, you were so like, no, 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 like, 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 just hold on. Let just, me explain what I'm asking you to do. What you're, are you, what are you willing to commit to this? And you're like, yeah, no, whatever, man, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, 25, 26 episodes later, here we are. And here we are. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I, I'm pretty sure that I had thought of like, you know what? I just gotta seize this, and I'm gonna ask another person see if they'll do it. And we do this as like a, a side thing, but like, yeah, I wanted to just do it. I, I don't want to, I want this podcast to be a verse in my life. I, you're the, the reason why I wanted to have this conversation is because I do think if you are somebody who, when you think about the things that happen in your life, I bet you 80% of the time it's because you carpe diemed. You copy You freaking seize the day. You yeah. said, "Not today. I'm doing this." Yeah. Or, you know what? I don't. You know, I don't love this job. I'm gonna do what I want to do. Yeah. I want to find what I'm passionate about. Not what I. I don't want to do what I love. I want to find what I love to do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. This is the impact. This is the legacy that I think this this movie has. Yeah. And you talked about like the the phrase carpe diem. I think, oh, Captain, my Captain. Right, that was used so much during Robin Williams's uh, death in, in headlines. Right, uh, in tributes to him, like this is the impact of this movie. But there's there's two parts to it. You someone must become the captain, yeah, and others must learn to seize. Right, maybe you're the one that's going to be the captain, and you're going to seize the opportunity to lead others to help them. Maybe you're going to just do something that you're like, I want to do this and there's nothing else that like, I don't care if someone says no, if after asking 50 people, I'm going to start my own podcast, whatever it might be. The thing is, is that you people, you will be surprised on the people who will come and sign that note to say, I'm, I'm here with you. Yeah. You need, you need, everyone needs a, a pair in their life Yeah, to encourage them and, and commit. Yeah. So, uh, guys, listeners, we've, we've been doing this for 26 weeks now. We want to thank you for those who are listening and we're nowhere near slowing down. 
uh we have big hopes for this more importantly just because we believe that we are providing a great opportunity for you to come listen and come chat with us so please wherever you're listening to or watching this podcast consider following us consider subscribing consider more importantly than either of those two i don't care if you don't even do any of those things but i do care if you comment and talk us talk tell us who your favorite teacher was in the comments down below uh or when you're leaving a review on like why this podcast was great why this episode was great and and that you wanted to share with other listeners who that amazing teacher that helped you become the person you are today yeah and tell us tell us what you think about this movie have you seen it was this your first time like what little tidbits about this movie stand out to you or stood out to you back then and stand out to you now what is it we want to hear from you uh you can always connect with us on twitter youtube threads um wherever you did i say youtube i did say youtube um, wherever we're at or email us uh, via email at your at realchubs.com um, join us next week next week we're doing a unique episode we're going to be talking about the state of the movie theater experience summer? or uh, the summer blockbusters summer blockbusters yeah that's what we're talking about and I'm excited about it because it's going to be it's going to be I, you know it's just it's. I, th- I think it's a conversation that needs to be had yeah and we have thoughts lots of thoughts we'll see you guys